0: Our God series This is the last one church oh. I started this back last year uh, With a service, a sermon That was supposed to be only three Three parts And it's, this is part ten now But the last one um, It's been a, a journey church And I pray that you've been learning As we've gone along I've learned a lot Through the study And I pray that you will gain something From these sermons So let's pray Heavenly and merciful Father, we do thank you. I'm so grateful, Lord, that you remind us constantly how great a God you are. A good God, a merciful God, a powerful God, who doesn't exert his power to his people, but he shares it. He graciously shares all that he has and all that he can give to us. So, Lord, we graciously want to approach you and your throne of glory. And we want you to be known by your grace and mercy in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So the verse, let me get my clicker. The verse to start with today is 1 Corinthians 2 verses 12 to 13. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So quick recap. Oops, that shouldn't be happening. Okay. On the last sermon that we had about spiritual gifts. So, the gifts are spiritual manifestations given by the Holy Spirit through us for equipping and building up ourselves and the church until Christ returns. And we do not own them, but they are freely distributed by the Holy Spirit as He sees fit. And every spiritual gift has a supernatural outworking for God's purposes. And every believer has been blessed with a spiritual gift. So, we're going to look at God's varied gifts. Last time I mentioned that opinions differ on the number of spiritual gifts there are. As I go through them, ask yourself if you feel you've worked in some way in any of these giftings. I have some handouts detailing the many spiritual gifts to share if you want more information on them. I've got limited numbers, church, so it's first come, first serve, and we'll try and do some more if. Demand requires it. So most believers will agree there are three main lists of spiritual gifts noted in the Bible, which summarize God's varied gifts for his church. We're going to look at each of these three lists in turn and reflect how these gifts operate in our church context. So the first list is known as the gifts of the Father or the working gifts, and these are reflected in Romans 12 verses 6 to 8. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. That's an interesting one, that last one, isn't it? Acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Normally when I'm trying to be merciful, I'm trying to hold myself. I'm not trying to be cheerful. But that's a note. That's a good note. Let's start with the first one. Inspired preaching or prof- prophetic words. These are speaking with godly insight enabled by the spirit of God. And they encourage believers to step out in faith. All believers can work at this level of prophetic inspiration. Oops, sorry. gone too fast. Serving. And I think we as a church do this very well. We're providing caring, loving service to meet the needs of others. And those who serve regularly in the church and hold some responsibilities, be it team members, servers, even deacons. There are deacons in this church, if you didn't realize. They don't carry that title. They don't walk around with a label and say, I am a deacon. But we have got deacons in this church, and they hold great responsibility. Teaching. This is the supernatural ability to explain and apply God's truth and teachings to the body of Christ. Believe me, the church, there are, not, there are some people who are not teachers. There are some people in the schools who are not teachers, but they are teaching. Yeah? So that is a, it is a gift. Those who exhibit this gift devote time to study and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal God's truth to themselves and then to the church. Note the order. The teaching has to be revealed to the person teaching first and then to the people they're trying to give it to. Exaltation and encouraging. These are people who appeal to you, bring comfort to you, and can instruct you. They are normally great prayers. They like praying and they also enjoy fellowship. So that's a key point, church. How can you encourage someone if you're not there? you've got to be in fellowship with someone to encourage them. Yeah? Good. Giving. To give out of a generous spirit. Supplying the needs of those who have no means of their own. As we've heard already, we're trying to do that. And the giver does not give out of pride or wanting glory or honour for themselves, but just to provide for someone else's need. Leading. Leadership led by the Holy Spirit Overseeing, administrating to support and develop the church. Sometimes that gifting is noted as administration or administrative spirit. And then showing mercy. To feel sympathy for the misery of another. And relating to others with empathy and respect. This gift is exercised with kindness and joyfulness in the Lord. Remember at the end of the verse I noted that one about being merciful and joyful in doing it. Please, church, if you want to try and show mercy or be gracious to someone, do it joyfully. If you're begrudging it, don't do it. That's not, the, that's not it then. You've missed the point. You've got to joyfully do it. Amen? Amen. These are given by God the Father and seem to characterize basic motivations God has placed in us through his love and grace. And few people exhibit only one of these gifts. Most believers will display a mix of them with differing development in them. And however, so however one gift will always be dominant amongst the rest. So let's look at some characteristics of the Romans 12 giftings. Because most believers, if not every believer, should exhibit one of these giftings. Starting with the prophetic. So those who are prophetic are often bold and articulate. They have to be because... They're speaking on behalf of God and God doesn't make mistakes. God knows what he says and knows what he's doing. Those who serve are doing it faithful and loyal and I'm so blessed that we have people who are faithful and loyal in their serving to the church. Those who teach are the ones who are clear thinkers. They're the ones that have to know what they're talking about, do the research, and then put it into a bite-sized chunk for you so that you can take it on. No matter what level you're at, in your walk with God. There are those who encourage, and they're motivational. They're the ones who want to come to the side and you say, how are you doing? How can I help you? What's happening in your life? Uh, I'll just call him out today, but um, Dean did very well being motivational and encouraging how he led the service today. Yeah. So continue with what you're doing there. There are those who are the givers. They're generous and they're trusting. When I say trusting, these are the people... That if you turned up at their door and said, can I uh, drive your lovely nice new Beamer? And they say, yeah, there's the keys and take it. They're givers. They're givers, yeah? They're trusting. Because for them, they just want to bless you. Yeah? There are people like that out there. Then there's the leaders. As I said, they're good organisers and they're managers. And then the merciful. They're caring people who will give their time to others. That's what mercy is. It's about giving time, just sharing with someone else. These are not definitive characteristics, but I want to help you see that these are practical things. I'm not being super spiritual in all of these things. They're practical characteristics. And whatever gifts you think you have, please ask God how you can use them in his service. Christian ministry is a team effort, not an individual one. We all have a part to play in it. Our church has shown most of these gifts within our Sunday services and our small groups for many years through both our leaders and our congregation. In our leading, our prophecy and teaching has been reflected in our services. Sorry? Yeah, it's been reflected in our services for our preaching and even our worship. I've been encouraged over the years to see many prophetic words being said here by worship leaders, just engaging with the Holy Spirit. Our teams and congregation are great at serving. They're encouraging and give both in terms of their time, money, and gifts. And as we've seen with Food Bank, you guys are really generous. You're supporting worthwhile causes such as Hannah and Christina's orphanages and Barnabas Fund in the Persecuted Church. Church, I'm not saying these things to big us up. I'm saying these things to say you are living what God wants you to be doing. Amen? I've witnessed some showing compassion to others when required, supporting them through hard times, while some have even related to others with empathy, respect, and honesty during times of fellowship, within the service, and after the service. The second list of gifts are sometimes referred to as the gifts of the son or the service ministry leadership giftings. And these are noted in Ephesians 4 verses 11 to 13. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Looking from the first one, the apostle. So at the birth of the church, we're talking about Acts. A chosen few were given responsibilities. Of the office of an apostle. To offer parts of the New Testament. And directly undertake the gospel ministry. So these guys were set apart. The 11 that were left. And I would say Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Today the gift of apostleship. Which is very different to the office of apostle. Is the gifting to expand the work of the church. And to open new doors for the kingdom. They are the ones who like to oversee major bodies of the church. And they're normally leaders of leaders or oversee multiple ministries. This one I've separated out. It's not part of that um, in the scriptures. But I just want to note this separately. So missionaries. Some see apostles and evangelists as these. That's why they're not really reflected in those five main giftings. They have a desire for the gospel to be known across the world. And they exhibit great humility and faith to go where God sends them. Sometimes very remote areas of the world. So sometimes an apostle isn't always a missionary. Sometimes these missionary guys, they're going to places to learn a new language, a new culture. Sometimes the apostle gifting doesn't do that. He wants to build something, he wants to do something. But the missionary has a specific thing. Now I'm not adding that to the list of leadership giftings, but I'm just saying to you, I want it noted as they are set for me they work separately to an apostle yeah? the prophet these are normally spiritually mature people providing divinely inspired messages to the church and the world and they speak as a messenger from God just be aware church in the Old Testament you had people who were prophets speaking the words of God that's why they're based on scripture Jeremiah, Moses, all of those are great prophets speaking on behalf of God the modern day prophet or the person that works under this gifting is working at a different level and it's not based that what they say is what God says yeah? you have to interpret if it's, if it's godly because it's coming through a human mouth and you have to test what is being said by this person exhibiting this gifting that goes on to that second point A true prophet, the prophecies will be accurate and true. So someone's saying that they're a prophet and their prophecies are not coming to pass, they're not a prophet. The Bible clearly says that in the Old Testament and the New. That if after testing, nothing's coming to pass, they're not prophets. They will live up to the New Testament standards of life and character. That's a very high standard. All of these giftings require high standards of living. But I believe the prophet, because they are so finely attuned to God, speaking through them, need to be really on the ball with that. And on occasion, they will give spiritual insight into future events. Can I just note, church, if you uh, are going to, for someone for prayer and they <coughs> work in the prophetic, please don't go there thinking, oh, they're going to be like fortune tellers. And they can flick a switch and tell you what's going to happen next week, next year, who you're supposed to marry. yeah? Because I believe some people have the attitude when they go up for prayer and believe someone's prophetic. They are only given those particular insights by God's pattern and will. And if God doesn't want to give them anything on that point, he's not going to show it. So don't expect them to be fortune tellers. Prophetic people aren't fortune tellers. They're just given insight by God according to his will are we okay with that? the evangelist now they have supernatural ability to witness to a non-believer to help bring them to salvation you know an evangelist I don't know if you know J. John the the canon J. John this man can go into Costa sit down with you for five minutes and you will be uh, converted in that five minutes because he's supernaturally gifted to bring people to the Lord Billy Graham also had that great, powerful gifting, supernatural gifting. They gather new recruits into the kingdom of God. That's their job. They're the person that enlists us, the new recruits. And once they've got them into the kingdom, it's down to the pastors and the teachers to then support their development and growth. The pastor and teacher, these are the shepherds or the overseers for the body of Christ, they're protective they're nurturing and they'll teach and care for all the spiritual needs of the body and will prepare the body for God's mission they're stewards of the word of God to his people, so those are the last two ones, nurture, teach and care, so we basically get you as a child and we help you to grow up past the teachers but then we're going to get you prepared, it's just like having a child, you want them to get to the exams to be able to stand on their own two feet and then you send them out into the world don't you we do, most parents want to get the children out of the house. Do you agree? Yeah, I don't think there'd be any disappointment or disagreement on that one. Same with church. We're going to build you up, get you to a point, and then we're going to push you out so that you can be a blessing somewhere else. And then we're stewards of the word. Pastor David was very hot on that. Very diligently seeking the scripture, looking at the scripture, testing it, and making sure you guys test the scripture as well. These gifts are also noted as office or leadership gifts and they will support the application of the gifts of the Trinity by equipping the believers to discover their calling and how they can serve within the church and God's mission. They are gifts of leadership given by Jesus to us to build up and strengthen the church. Jesus calls us to be humble when he blesses us with these gifts. The most effective leaders God has called to lead have shown these as a key attribute for themselves. Moses is noted for his humility and as he led the, the Israelites for 40 challenging years. I mean, Moses had a hard time, church. I mean, I'm blessed that you guys don't give me such a hard time, but 40 years, that's a long time. Yeah? 40 years of challenging people. People were dying in Moses' time through the, the holiness of God. Um, but yeah, even he had a few runners with God himself. Moving on to his um, person that he trained up, Joshua. Joshua captured the promised lands through great humility, reverence and trusting in God. One of the verses that always hits me is Joshua one nine, where God says to him, be strong and courageous. Yeah? Joshua had a hard, hard thing to take on, the mantle of Moses, and to take people through, but he did it because God strengthened him. David led in humility before and after he became king showing mercy to Saul when he had a number of opportunities to kill Saul and take leadership by his own strength. The apostles all led the early church with humility not wanting any glory of themselves but wanting only to see the gospel of Jesus preached and God's name glorified. If God calls you to be a teacher you must first humble yourself to be taught and led by him before you can even think about teaching and leading his church. The same is true for any gifts God blesses us with to glorify his name. I've witnessed apostolic giftings through Pastor David's trip to India, where he helped equip and give input to Samson, a pastor in Bangalore, to his leaders and to provide discipleship material for them going forward. And through the preaching of various speakers, we've seen the gift of evangelism, prophetic exhortation, and solid Bible teaching each week. Pastoral care is provided by a number of people, supported by others within the weekly small groups, and during fellowship. The last list is referred to as the gifts of the Holy Spirit, noted in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 to 11. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, And to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. And to another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. In the New Testament context, this shows the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So a word of wisdom. This is supernatural insight to accomplish God's will in a situation and involves more wisdom for right living. It's spiritual intuition to help solve problems. And we get divine direction on how to act appropriately in a specific situation led by the Holy Spirit. And this will work together with the gifts of knowledge and discernment. So, when someone gives you a word of wisdom, church, it's normally a practical thing. Yeah? If you've got a business venture, they're tapping into God and asking the Holy Spirit for that godly wisdom. That's what we're praying about when we're talking about new leadership, a new pastor. Political leadership. We're asking for God's wisdom to guide the people in charge to be in control. So it's always good to have a word of wisdom or someone who can act in the word of wisdom gift. A word of knowledge. This is supernatural revelation of God's will and plan. And it gives supernatural insight given by the Holy Spirit into a situation. It does allow understanding to apply the gospel in our lives. I don't know about you, but there have been many times where someone's prayed for me and they've said a word, just one word. Something that that person doesn't know about in your life, but they've said it. And that's God. That's the Holy Spirit at work to convict you, to assure you that God is actually speaking to you. That's the word of knowledge. That person doesn't have a clue what they're talking about. God knows and you know a word of knowledge. Faith. Faith. And let's, I need to just clarify, when we talk about faith, it's not saving faith. That's the faith that gets you to be a believer, saving faith. But this is an unshakable faith for a specific outcome. So this is the supernatural ability to believe God without doubt, that's the big word there, without doubt, trusting fully in God in their circumstances. So please church, let me clarify that. Many times, and I've done it myself, I will pray to God and i say, Lord, I'm trusting in you. And then the next minute, I'm worrying. That's not trusting or believing without doubt. What you're doing is, what you want to do is you give it in God's hands, you pray about it and you leave it and you walk away. You keep praying about it, but as far as you've, in your head, it's done. And God has answered it, God has seen it. It's also the supernatural ability to fight and rebuke unbelief. So when this is where prayer warriors come in, and they're normally built up in faith, and they have to be because they're going to be fighting and rebuking unbelief. Yeah? yeah? Gifts of healing. So this is supernatural healing with no human intervention. Mm-hmm. This is things that happen where people grow limbs in front of you. I haven't had that person seen that, but I've heard testimony of that. People being raised from the dead. That is without human intervention. There are no electrical pads bringing them back to life or cloning or anything like that. God has just made it happen. This can also play a part with breaking spiritual bondages. When we talk about healings, it's not just physical healings. it's spiritual and mental. God can break all things. Then there's the working of miracles, a display of God's power that goes beyond the natural. And again healing can be a miracle but there's been miracles where people have been trusting for something that's just come out of the blue people have needed money out of the blue they don't know where they've come from and then someone just comes out of the blue and gives something that's a miracle God's power beyond the natural and they operate closely with the gifts of faith and healing miracles prophecy we've said quite a bit on this one but this is the supernatural prompting by the Holy Spirit so church, you, sometimes you're prompted by the Holy Spirit. Can you agree with that? Yeah. Sometimes you'll hear something and you think, mm, really? And that's the Holy Spirit prompting you. Supernatural prompting. It leads to divinely inspired and anointed speech. So normally prophet, prophetic words will be encouraging and sometimes challenging depending on who the person is and what they need to hear at that point in time. Our mind, faith, and will are at play in this gift, but they are led by the Holy Spirit to make God's heart known. I'll try and give you an example. Sometimes when I'm getting at some sort of prophetic uh, leading from the Holy Spirit, God will give me a picture, and he won't tell me anything else. It's just a picture, and I've then got to interpret. Well, Lord, what do you mean? What does this picture mean? And then sometimes it's only when... A song is played, or someone says something to me, then it makes sense, and then I can try and share what God has put in me. That's what I mean by prophetic stuff: is mind, faith, and will. Faith is the fact that sometimes God will ask you to share that. You know, your first reaction is, "That's not me, is it? God, isn't it God?" Yeah, and you're doubting yourself, but then you've got to step out in faith. Church, it don't. Unless you're uh, leading someone completely away from the gospel, and I don't think anyone in this church would do that, we do make mistakes. Leaders make mistakes. Sometimes you have to go back on what you've said. But if you will step out in faith, it's better for you to step out and try than not try at all. You don't know what God would have done through you if you had tried. Discernment and distinguishing between spirits. This is a supernatural ability to detect spiritual activities, good and bad and spiritual insight into people's motivations. This is a very useful gift to be working in church because we live in a world of very deceitful people and they will look on the cover to be very good. They may even say they're believers, but this spiritual gift allows you to discern their motivations and whether they're good or bad. Yeah? And church, you can operate in these giftings. If you ask for God, if you're willing and your heart wants to do it and He knows you're going to use it wisely, He will bless you with these gifts. Speaking in tongues. This one is the one that everyone tries to aspire to. And this is the supernatural speech in a language unknown to the speaker. But there's three types of tongues. They're either unknown, inspired by the Holy Spirit to edify our spirit, or they're a known language of today. Or they a known language from a past culture. Can you see the distinctions? Yeah, The first one is no one. No one understands that, that tongue because only God and the angels will understand it. The second one is a known one. So someone that speaks German, French. Something that's known for today. And the last one is a past culture. So some people we've heard speaking in tongues in ancient Hebrew and they've never spoken to Hebrew. But God does all three. Tongues are for personal edification and for public exhortation. Personal edification means that the Lord uses the tongue to help build you up as you're praying in tongues. But the public exhortation we can only do if someone can interpret the tongue. Which leads into this gifting. Which is a supernatural power to reveal the meaning of a spiritual language or tongue spoken. It's completely under the Holy Spirit's leanings, and it's not a word-for-word translation, but an understanding of what has been said. Can you see the distinction I'm making here? So in your tongue, God might be saying, praise God. And what the person who interprets the tongue will say is, that person's praising God. So it won't be a word-for-word translation, but it'll be a flavour of what that tongue is being said. And then there's these giftings. Now, these are not in the list of those three lists that we've looked at for spiritual gifts, but I'd like to note them down because they are very specific to certain church service. So some people work in the gifting of hospitality. I won't say spiritual gifting, I'll just say gifting of hospitality. And they show a willingness to welcome with pleasure and generosity. And they're always caring for the needs of believers. These are the people that are going to put up a pastor for a week and won't think nothing about it. And then there's the gift of celibacy. This is a gift church. I know some ladies and men might be thinking, I would like a partner. And, bless you, that is what God wants some of us to be. We're partners. But those who don't have partners, it is a gift to be single. Read Paul. Paul says it's good that you're single, so that you can be devoted to just Jesus. I know it's lonely, and I know it, you would want someone with you but enjoy this gift. It is a gift from God. It frees the individual from the pressures and burden of being married to give their undivided attention to the kingdom of God. Amen. we got one amen. amen. One is enough. These are provided by the Holy Spirit to benefit, unite, and build up the church through serving one another with them. They may minister to ourselves as well. As we said, speaking and praying in tongues. And they're available to every believer as determined by the Holy Spirit. So during a baptism service, I witnessed a believer being baptized in the Holy Spirit, which also led to me speaking in tongues and prophesying. I've seen healings through many answered prayers for people in the congregation and members of their families in dire situations. We've seen it, church. How many times have we put out an announcement to pray for someone, and the next week we hear, yes, that person's been healed. The gift of faith has been seen as people waited and believed for God's hand to move in their situations and the church and individuals prayed for a number of situations and God answers our prayers and even freed some people. I've observed the gifts of administration, hospitality and helping in our church every Sunday for our members welcoming people at the entrance, organising the car parking and volunteering for Sunday school but we've also seen it at our key events held at this church at Christmas, Easter, and the Celebration Sundays. I believe we're also starting to see the missionary gift at work in this church through individuals coming forward to do mission in Macedonia. Now, I know you guys were all geared up. I think we had two that were going to go to Macedonia, and then COVID came. (coughs) Boo. Let's pray God still opens that door for missionary work. Amen. Our leaders have also given personal encouragement to church members in their future hopes and challenges to serve God. So a quote before we wrap up. God manifests all of himself in his people through his spirit. That's a powerful quote, church. God wants to manifest himself through all of us. You all have a part to play. Doesn't matter how small, how big. If it's at the front, if it's at the back, if it's in the car park, if it's in the crash, you all have a part to play you all have a special gifting that God has placed in you I pray church you start to seek that have you seen or heard something today as we went through the gifts that stirred or resonated with you don't push it down and don't dismiss it but ask the Holy Spirit to reveal more to you church I do believe Lighthouse is rich with many of God's giftings being exhibited for us and many of you are stepping into some of them and some are being encouraged to discover them I believe it's a time as a church for us to use what we've learned and share with the world around us sometimes I see God like an orchestra, orchestra conductor do we all know what an orchestra conductor is they're the guys that are in charge they have a massive instruments maybe singers in front of them but you know what they have to pick things at a specific time, don't they? Trumpets, I need you there. Drummer, I need you there. Singer, alto, I need you there. And they're timing, beautifully timed. And the combination is what we call symphonies. You, church, are a symphony. Are you going to allow God to play his song through you? That's what these, all of these teachings I've been giving you for the ten sermons preparing you gifts, all of them you all have a gift I pray and encourage that you come before God and allow yourself to be a gift to someone else through your giftings Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father we do thank you we do thank you we thank you for the precious gift of Jesus who came for us and we also thank you for the precious gift of the Holy Spirit who lives in us And we thank you, Holy Father, that you gifted both the Son and the Holy Spirit to us. Holy Trinity, we have seen the gifts that you provide. And Lord, we pray that we seek diligently how we can use the gifts that we have already and maybe acquire the gifts that you need us to use for your will and for your purposes and for the fulfillment of the calling into the mission of God. So Lord, have your way in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So be encouraged, church.